This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 428. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman. And I am really excited to release this episode to you all today because this comes from an interview I had the privilege and pleasure of doing together with Scott Jelinski of Modern Samurai Project from the two-day Red Dot Pistol course that I took uh, from him just uh, last weekend, in fact. It was a fantastic course. I would highly recommend and encourage any of you listening to, if, if you could make it work, if he's anywhere near you in your area, or even consider possibly traveling to one of his classes in the future, I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Especially if you're curious, interested, trying, or frustrated with that red dot on your pistol, Jedi will show you how to run it. So go check him out, modernsamuraiproject.com, where you can find his class schedule, get signed up, and begin that next phase of learning and skill development right away. I'm going to keep this intro relatively brief. We're going to jump right into the interview today, and I'm not even going to give parting words on the tail end, but again, I want you to know just how much I enjoyed my time with Scott and uh, taking this course. So lots of great information, truth bombs, and suggestions throughout this interview today. I know you're going to enjoy it. Thanks, guys, for listening. And a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Enjoy the interview. I'm sitting here with Scott Jedlinski, Jedi of Modern Samurai Project. Hello. How you doing? Good, good. Good day today. Yeah. Now, you were on our podcast uh, a while back. We did remotely. Yeah. And I feel like I've met you in person, but until today, we had not actually met in person, I don't think. Nope, nope. I mean, we've been on, you know, the podcast a couple times. We've had phone conversations a couple times, you know, uh, the magic of the internet. Yeah. So. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Uh, so here we are on your two-day red dot pistol course. Yep. Uh, great first day. Glad we you just, enjoyed it. We just wrapped up the first day. Yeah. And I uh, just had my first run at your black belt standards. Mm-hmm. Did very well. Thank Did you. Very well. <laughs> Didn't quite get there. Yep. Let's see. Uh, I got everything except for the build drill. Uh, yeah, everything but the build I drill. Barely got the three and two right on. Yeah, it was two, two seconds, seconds flat. Uh, the one shot was a... I think it was a 93. 93, yep. And then the and then bill was a 212. Was clean, but a 211. Yep, 211. Yep. And then a 148. So... Yep, yep. That's awesome, man. All right. We didn't even do the bill drill today in class. No, we did not. Because you're a not. slacker of an instructor. Nah, uh, yeah, but I, I put the caveat out there that it's <laughs> voluntary because I don't go over the bill drill, man. I... I was like, I, I hate, I hated that when I was taking classes, right? Yep. And then you go through a two day class, and the instructor busts out their standards, and they have nothing to do with what you just did for the two days in class. So, yeah. thank you for studying history. Here's your algebra test, <laughs> huh? What? You used to drive me nuts, so I refuse to do that. I give everyone a shot to win the black belt yeah. patch on either day, but the caveat is, I didn't go over the bill drill, so don't report me to the internet, <laughs> right? So you don't have to shoot it tomorrow. Everybody has to shoot it, yeah. right, to see where there are in the various yeah. uh, uh, standards that I give out. So, Right. Cool. Well, uh, so far, really enjoying the course. Good. And, uh, you know, learning. And that's what I came to do is to learn and to, well, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So a good group of shooters out here. Yep. Um, so here's the thing. Red dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're becoming a thing. Yeah. 
right? And as you know, I mean, you were just telling me that you're teaching a crap ton of classes yeah, this year. 75. So and everybody out there wants to know how to run their red dots yeah, effectively. 75 classes this year and two, 2021, except for maybe a handful of weekdays, it's already booked. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, yeah wife's keeping me busy man yeah. god bless her yeah but the uh, interest is high and i am trying to meet that demand and, and and make make people better so yeah so clearly there's all this interest in the red dots mm-hmm. uh there's definitely a process whereby one can run a red dot more effectively mm-hmm. uh in my own personal experience i think it was two or three seasons ago uh i just one day I was like, you know, I'm going to shoot open division three gun. I didn't really have much experience with red dot on a pistol mm-hmm. before that point. So the red dot on, on my gun and uh, went to a match just like that. I don't mm. even think I really practiced. It was just like, well, let's see how it goes. Uh, what I found was that uh, if there's a solid base of, found, of fundamentals, like, you know, good form and technique to your draw already and that presentation that, I didn't have to make too much in the way of adjustments, but Mm -hmm. it's more of getting used to the idea of staying target focused all the time, seeing this dot that now is hovering and moving quite a bit. Like you see a lot more movement Mm -hmm. than you do in your irons. Yep. Right. And that was probably the thing that uh, was a bit unsettling at first was, Mm -hmm. whoa, you know, because it's a bit disorienting because you're not used to seeing that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what would be some some tips or suggestions to newer shooters that may be listening to this to, you know, like, how can they get started down the the path the right way to success? Yep. Uh, Stop doing extra stuff that is working against you, okay? Uh, Get rid of whatever you think that cool guy, tactical turtle, isosceles, bent over, shoulder in the ears thing. Because everything you're doing, every extra useless piece of frenetic motion that you're doing is making you not find the dot. Mm. You can get away with it with irons because they're always in your peripheral so you can kind of auto correct on the way up right you can't get away with that with the dot it's enclosed in the housing to where if you don't have it in front of your dominant eye it's not going to work but that doesn't mean it's that hard either right every day we pointed objects with our finger and we don't miss mm. presenting a red dot is much less like pointing right yeah. one focal plane shooting we need to get back to that mm-hmm. you know everyone um they kind of go back because we worked hard, right? We worked hard to get with our irons with both eyes open and to only see one front sight or only one target, not two or three. Right. And then we come out with a red dot and it changes everything. We go back to the way we've always been, right? That we always process information every other way. And it's weird (laughs) because we have so many other reps myelinated in. Right. Right. But the good thing is when you have the proper technique, right? It becomes very easy and it clicks in a couple of reps with the proper technique. That is the key. You have to have the proper technique. And usually it's half the work from what you were doing Mm. before. The other thing with the dot, you were saying the dots moving around, right? Uh, People overstress their strong hand way too much, right? We did that experiment today where you're you're crushing it with your strong hand and relaxing with your uh, support hand. Dots moving all over the place when you do that. But then when you relax your firing hand and squeeze the crap out of the gun with your support hand dot doesn't really move so you're applying the same pressure just with a different hand and for some reason that different hand makes the dot move less in space right so why wouldn't you go with that option and that's really the beginning thing right don't Mm -hmm. don't move the rest of your body right it's just arms it's arms and hands it's not shoulders hips and all that other weird stuff just bring it to your dominant eye 
And when it's there, pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your approach to that as far as, and of course, a lot of your background is in martial arts, mm-hmm. jujitsu, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really intrigued listening, actually, to the way you brought and tied that in mm-hmm. and the references made. Uh, that was uh, actually rather eye-opening. So, uh, uh, yeah, probably the first firearms class I've been to that, that successfully really, you know, made those connections Yeah, and it made absolute sense Yeah, as far as like, okay, this is how the body works. I mean, talking about, uh, for instance, you know, when we were doing the whole arm out thing, Yep. right. Yep. And when I was lo- locked in on your eyes, looking at you like, okay, no problem. Yeah. I can resist, but take the eyes away. Yep. And uh, it's, 50%. Yeah. It's like witchcraft a little it is. bit it's a, yeah yeah like how does that work like yeah. i'm actually literally sitting there thinking like why does yeah. it work that way yeah so i think um so interesting enough i've showed that to a lot of jujitsu people they haven't heard that either right mm-hmm. uh just maybe my instructor my professor when i first did that that was like one of the first things he shows white belts right mm-hmm. that your body follows the eyes and mm-hmm. when you look down that affects your structure when your structure is out of whack and your posture is out of whack then you become markedly weaker and when you do the whole hunched over tactical turtle looking out the top of your eyes no wonder you can't find the dot on the presentation right and you can't find it in recoil man because you're a horrible structural mess yeah right um so with jujitsu, you know, everything is about efficiency. Everything is about leverage, right? It's not the fastest guy. It's not the strongest guy. It's three steps ahead. And usually, you know, when you watch a black belt go with a lower belt, he's not doing anything. And next thing you know, the kid's getting choked out, right? Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing here. We do things with firearms that we would never do in any other athletic activity. And I think it's because we build our bodies around the gun, not the other way around. Right. The gun is a tool. We always say that the gun's a tool, the gun's a tool, but then we do all these weird things to accommodate the tool instead of the other way around. The body's an amazing thing. That should be the primary focus, the body. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you do it, you get twice the performance and half the work. Yeah. A moment ago, you talked about, you know, how the body goes, where the eyes are looking. Mm -hmm. Uh, One struggle, at least and I've experienced this myself and I know I've seen other shooters experience this where they start really trying to look for that dot or even focusing on that dot. Talk about what some of the problems are when they do that. Uh, So when you focus on the dot, right, here's, here's what winds up happening, right? You get, you get laser focused in on this one, two, three, four MOA thing, right? And when you really get in there, you notice all of the movement and it starts shaking, Right. And people like literally get nauseous and stuff at it. Okay. But if you don't look at the dot and you focus on the target, then your main focus is on the target and you don't notice the movement of the dot as much. Like when people are like, man, the thing's just moving, it's moving all over the place. When I see the dot, it's just kind of sitting there. Just, it's not still, but it's not, it's just wiggling in place. You know what I mean? It's like an atom. You know what I mean? When those old uh, movies about we used to watch (laughs) in science class with the atom just shaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what it looks like for me. Right. Um, the other thing too is uh, the reason why you want to be target focused and not dot focused is when you are dot focused, you lose the relative size of the target to the dot. So you're switching focal planes, dot, target, dot, target, dot, target, dot, target, right? And then you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then you have some weird made up cadence that you have to shoot in and you shoot that weird made up cadence instead of your sights and you shoot low or you shoot early or it has nothing to do with your sights. Focus on the target. 
how can you do that, right? A couple of ways. Um, like if you guys notice my target in the two inch squares on the bottom, it says MSP RDS. Uh, I don't do that out of hubris, maybe a little bit, maybe a little <laughs> capitalism in there, right? But for the most part is so that when you're doing the drills where we shoot those two inch squares at distance, you're, you can focus on those letters instead of the dot. The other way is I'm going to give Aaron Cowan here, right? Give credit where credit is due. He came up with this way, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, think of the target as the front sight and the dot as the rear sight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, me, I wear glasses where I, st- where I grew up as far as my home range, Silver Eagle, when before they rebuilt it, it was two light shades above a cave, right? So I never saw my irons enough to me to focus on my front sight. <laughs> so when I got the dot, I was like, oh, this is amazing, right? But he always had good eyesight. He had to be able to make that focal plane switch or that philosophy switch. Mm-hmm. So to him, what resonated is targets my front sight, the dot's the rear sight. Yeah. And from there, he was fine, right? I think that is a brilliant way of explaining it. Yeah, I agree. It really is. I know that early on, that was a mistake I made was really, because you're so used to, and you're trained to focus on that front sight, focus right. on that front sight. Right. And even like if you have a, say like a fiber optic. Yeah. And and I would run a fiber optic like I will a red dot on a carbine. Sure. Okay. Big red thing. Put it on target, right? Yeah. Uh, but now you've got this red dot that allows you to be target focused and still shoot very precisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would... I would find myself really like focusing in on that red dot. Yeah. And so that uh, not only did it make things seem like they shake a lot more, but also cost time. A hundred percent. Because switching between the focal planes. Yeah. Here, 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 here. Oh, my, my bang. And you right. miss anyway. And I think it also leads to over confirming yes. that dot as yep. well. Because again, you're so used to locking on that front sight and get everything, you know, equal height, equal light. Right. Right. You know, that approach. And, and you don't have to really do that so much with the red dot. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's the benefit of it. So. Mm. Wow. Uh, okay. So tell us a little real quick. When did you actually first get into shooting a red dot yourself? What's your story? Oh, a red dot. So he- here's my story, right? So I, I, you know, I saw a couple guys on the internet talking about it, right? And I was like, you know, I'm a gear queer too, right? So I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. But I didn't, you know, this was probably 2000. When I first started, like, really practicing the shooting whole thing, right, it was probably about 2011. I mean, I always owned a gun, but, you know, just because I'm an American, I owned a gun. I didn't know what to do with it, right? <laughs> so, uh, Silver, Silver Eagle had opened up in 2008. Then, you know, we hit the economy crash, and they kind of shut down. And then they had a whole big grand opening, like, 2010, 2011. I started shooting, right? And then I uh, had a buddy. He had an FNX uh, 45 Tactical with a Burris fast fire on it, right? And I saw him and I shot that thing. And I went, oh, I can see everything now. I don't have to squint my eyes so much. It hurts when I leave here, you know? <laughs> uh, and from there I was sold, right? So then I bought that 45 uh, X tactical, took off the Burris fast, fast fire, put on a J point, right? Uh, broke that after 2000 rounds. They replaced it, went through another 2000 rounds, replaced that. Then put an RMR on it. Then I got an MNP core with an RMR and so on and so forth, right? Uh, so for me, you know, I never really had a lot of problems finding the dot uh, because I was never really looking for my front sight. I always shot target focus because I could, iron sights were blobs to me, right? Yeah. So this time I was like, oh, oh. But even for me, I had a problem of over-confirming, wanting to be overly precise on everything, mm. you know, not defining the acceptable level of accuracy, wanting to put everything whole in whole, right? Um, which is a skill of in, in and of itself, but we need to move beyond that, right? 
two things on the table, speed and accuracy, leave one on the table, the opponent takes the other one, mm-hmm. right? So yep. um, I think that's a Steve Anderson quote. Might be. Might Steve, it's can, either Steve Anderson. Credit. Yeah, it's either Steve <laughs> Anderson or my buddy Matt Pronka, mm-hmm. right, who was a former Delta guy, and he's a grandmaster in USPSA. One of the two. We'll give them both credit. They're both <laughs> great guys, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and so you got you got started. I mean, when – I mean – Okay, so you're obviously, I, I think you are the guy that is recognized right now as teaching Red Dot out there. There's a few mm-hmm. guys doing it, mm-hmm. but like that's your thing. That's your jam. Yep. Uh, that and the appendix carry, yep. right? Uh, but uh, where did that all kind of come to be? Like when, when did you, like, did you wake up one day and you're like, huh, I think I kind of understand this or, I mean, or did you try yeah. some other guys along the way? Yeah, so, um, so I've trained with a lot of different people. Right. Um, If I could, if I said that there was one class that changed my life, I would not be telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, Great classes, all good classes, but most of them were for confirmation, not Mm -hmm. skill acquisition. You know, you pick up a nugget here, pick up a nugget there. Um, I mean, if I had, the, if I said to say the best class I've ever taken outside of like later on after, you know, I matured into this, right? Uh, Tim Herons is a great class. Ben Steggers is a great class, but that's more competitive side. Um, probably the best class I ever took was uh, Chris Sizelove. He is the mm-hmm. uh, training director now for uh, Blue Force Gear, mm-hmm. uh, former uh, Ranger, right? Uh, his concealed vehicle class, that changed my life. Hmm. Tactics wise, not shooting wise, yeah. but civilian tactics wise changed my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did I figure all this stuff? I take little things, right. You know, um, I'll be honest with you, man. People who say you can't gain knowledge from the internet, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. right? Um, you know, if <laughs> the best piece of reference material I can tell you is Frank Proctor's first pistol DVD. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Right. right? But, you know, my hunt for recoil control started watching Frank Proctor. I've only met, I met, first time I met Frank Proctor was like August of last year when he was teaching at a Houston PD and so was I, right? But just watching different people, right? Watching guys like uh, Mike Seeklander, JJ Ricaza, um, uh, Max Michelle, watching other guys with amazing recoil control and seeing what they were doing, right? Um, amazing recoil control, control guys like where, you know, Steve Fisher, um, and just soaking up all that knowledge and then applying it to what I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I had always been very good at before I did this, you know, I was 25 years in the mortgage industry, was everything from a loan officer all the way up to a vice president. And I've always been training people. And the thing that I've always been good at is making things down to the minutia and then building that back up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the spirit of learning jujitsu. You break everything down, you drill it into micro drills and drill it and drill it and do the whole technique, refine it, and then you do it under pressure. So I just applied that to my classes. When, how and why in the world did I start teaching classes, man, in this incredible industry that we're in? Um, so didn't want to do it. Matt Landfair, primary and secondary, mm-hmm. dragged me kicking and screaming into it, right? And he's like, hey, man, why don't you teach? And I'm like, man, I'm good, dude. I see the stuff that's going on in the industry. I just want to be the good shooter that goes to class and has a great time, right? <laughs> he's like, no, you have a gift. You need mm-hmm. to be able to teach, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, dude. 
here's the deal, right? He's like, well, I'll do everything. I'll take the money for you. I'll pay you everything. I won't take any cut, blah, blah, blah. I'll set up all the uh, registration. You just got to find me a range. And I'm like, all right, smart guy. We'll go ahead and do this, right? <laughs> He's like, how many people can you do? And I go, let's start off small and do 12. He's like, boom. I get him the range. He puts it up there. 12-person class sold out in half an hour. Wow. So I got my buddy to help me out and be an RSO. We throw another eight up there, and that sold out in another half an hour. <laughs> right? Uh, so that was July, June of 2017. Mm. Um. From there, I just had so much success, you know, people calling me and then people started calling, wanting me to wanting to host me. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> right. I've been to enough classes. I knew how it was, right. I've seen, you know, I've been to enough, um, done enough trade shows and conventions and blah, 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 and set up, you know, marketing events that really wasn't all that hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so they just started picking up and they started selling out. Um, when the, it really exploded was a couple of things, right? A, I got invited to teach at OTOA, Ohio Tactical Office Association, which is the largest one in the country right now. Uh, B, getting to be part of the cadre at Shooter Symposium in Texas. Mm -hmm. And C, Houston going full retard on their red dot policy. Basically, if it was a battery and a dot and a gun, you could you could carry it in Houston PD, right? <laughs> as long as you bought it. Uh -huh. uh, those three things, man, it started to explode on the other end and police departments started to call, right? Mm. So the reason why it's like, well, how do you do in 75 classes when only 52 weeks in a year? Open enrollment on the weekends, PDs and uh, other law enforcement uh, during the week, the week yeah. right? Um, that has blossomed from doing OTOA to being, uh, teaching a lot of classes for TTPOA, different everywhere from Phoenix PD to Santa Ana PD to all over the country. I don't think there's a coast where I haven't taught, um, a, uh, a law enforcement agency all the way up to the FBI's NTTU to get them spun up on their new 17 MOSs, mm. winning that contract. Right. Um, so Amazing times, and there's no end in sight, man. And I'm having a great time. You get to meet amazing people and shooters like yourself, uh, and uh, having a great time. Wish I could spend more time with my wife, right? But yeah. soon, you know, she'll start coming out on the road with me, and we'll have a great time, maybe yeah. by a big RV or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. We are seeing more and more uh, departments uh, approve red dots, yep. adopting policies. And, uh, I mean, we're... we're what kind of benefits do you think to a law enforcement agency does that, does yeah. that have for them? Yeah. Um, great question. To be clear, I'm not military. I'm not law enforcement. I don't teach tactics. All I do is core competencies to be able to get to people to uh, find uh, the dot on the draw, track the draw, and, and shoot it on the move and things of that nature, right? With you know, twice the performance, half the effort. So, and they know that yeah. and they know that. And I think they're actually glad because I'm not coming in there going, Oh, I do what you guys do. I'm just, you know, I'm a, you know, freedom fighting face shooter too. I don't do that. Let's, let's mm. go have fun and let's, let's, let's learn how to do this quickly. Um, so the main benefits that I'm seeing to it, the diagnosis of uh, fundamental errors, right? 
it's clearer with the dot. Mm. If the guy is not pulling the trigger with one finger, but his entire hand, you see it in the dot. If his support hand is being super weak, you see it in the dot. If he's overstressing his firing hand, you see it in the dot. If the person is a physical moron and walks like a clod when they're shooting on the move, you really see it in the dot. You know, all those structural problems. So that's from the mechanical part of shooting. Uh, if I go into uh, what they are seeing out there, you know, in the field, in, in the streets, uh, it is simply what they have told me, not my necessarily my personal opinion. But the biggest thing that seems to be turning um, chiefs and commanders and the brass onto the dot, other than the facts of, you know, if you're a SWAT team and you do night vision, because it's cheating with night vision, it's un- it's unbelievable, right? Right. Um, and then low light, you know, the difference between with proper technique, the difference between low light and daylight is nothing. As long as you got the right battery or the bat right flashlight and the right technique, it's really no big deal. Uh, but the biggest thing is the, uh, the, uh, perceived reduction in mistake of fact shootings, right? Because if you are target focus, even if the person doesn't comply and they move, which is you shouldn't move when a cop tells you not to move, but even if they move and they bring a black object out of their pocket well your front sight focus under most state law that's a legitimate shoot right but it could be a gun it could be a knife it could be a wallet it could be a cell phone you know something to that nature if you are front sight focused very hard to tell if you're target fuzzy blob right if you're target focused much easier to tell right and even the justifies mistake of fact shootings uh, cost still cost money, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To defend, right? Uh, so anything less that we can do to give any headaches less to law enforcement, that seems to be what's really motivating uh, uh, command staff to make those changes, right? Yeah. Plus, more viable equipment, more competition amongst the manufacturing companies. That means prices are going down. That means there's more availability, right? Um, and the fact that there's many large departments now going full bore with the dot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said that in class earlier today, and uh, I don't know why that had never occurred to me, the whole idea of less mistake of fact shootings. Yep. Because, and it makes perfect sense, because you are staying locked in on that threat and observing what's going on. Right. And meanwhile, you have this red orb floating over right if need be 100 percent, man a lot of what you said there i think also would uh would apply to a lot of civilian uh situations 100%. as well uh as far as the benefits and 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 why one might consider yep. going to red dot maybe uh give us a little overview of what day one and day two of your two-day red dot course is like for sure know, anyone out yep. there listening to, that yep. maybe to wants to come it. catch it yep so um so day one we do a little introduction right i give a little bit about my background, you know, uh, my competitive background, you know, the fact that I won a fast coin with the red dot and I'm the only one, ha ha ha, <laughs> uh, Bill Blowers. Uh, <laughs> um, and I just kind of go with my background. I make sure they know it's not a tactical class. We're just talking about core, uh, mm-hmm. you know, core competencies and things of that nature. Uh, I introduce myself. I have the stat, I have the uh, class introduce themselves and what they're trying to look to get out of the class so mm-hmm. that I can hone in exactly on what they want and give them the individual tension that they need for that desire. Uh, we go with a little bit of equipment. What I think about the dots out there, the mounting systems, you know, um, some, some maintenance things, right. And then we go straight into zeroing. 
Uh, I explain the benefits of the 10 versus 25, and we put that to the test, right? Uh, I tell people that you need to do it based on your practical advantage, not what, or practical application, not just what you heard some cool guy say, because you need to vet everything, right? Because that cool guy is not showing up to your dry fire, live fire, match, or your gunfight, right? So you need to vet everything for yourself. Um, so we do that. We talk about zeroing, right? Uh, then we talk about, well, we do the draw. I teach the draw in reverse from a high compressed ready. We talk about where our hands meet and proprioceptive indexes to make your draw consistent. And then we go over two draws per position. So if you're an appendix, I go over two hand positions. If you're going from three o'clock, we go from two hand positions to make an efficient draw. Uh, we burn it. I, I talk about modulations, right? To make sure that the aiming gap is before the 100% of your presentation mm. to make things more efficient. And then we burn it in and then we do individual times because if you can't do it under pressure, you can't do it. And right. people always surprise themselves. Uh, so we do the draw, right? Then we do the three and two. We talk about transitioning with a gross sight picture because sometimes we hold the dot to a much too higher standard at close distances, right? The cone to deviation means when it's super close, you can get away with less stuff because you need to because you're super close, right? Yep. And how you can make accurate fire with other references on uh, your pistol and the red dot system other than the dot. Then we transition from a gross sight picture to a refined sight picture. Uh, you know, the drill out there now is pretty much known as the three and two. Right. Uh, it's getting a lot of traction out there because it's close and people like to go fast, <laughs> but people sleep on it all the time. You saw it today. A lot of people, you know, messed up on that drill that were very, very good shooters because they sleep on it. Right. The key to the three and two is do less, mm-hmm. do less. Right. Um, then we do the individual drill. Then, so after the three and two, um, then we do the vision drill. Right. And I'm not going to give away the vision drill, but it's where irons, and the dot diverge, mm. right? So some people out there say, you know, it's no different than shooting your irons. I disagree with that, but you know, uh, you have your way of teaching. I have my way of teaching. This way, you completely see with with vision the benefits of the dot over irons, right? That you yeah. can just see everything. So that's the uh, that's first day, and then we go back and we do draws at twenty five yards right? Everybody gets blown away, right? Because they give them the standards, right? The national standard, 25 yards from a draw is two seconds, class is 175. And then the uh, black belt patch is 150. And everybody looks at me like I'm crazy (laughs) for the most part, if they're not familiar with Mm -hmm. it, right? And then they all exceed their expectations. The bottom line, what I'm trying to hone in on day one is speed and accuracy come from efficiency. Yeah. Efficiency comes from technique. I think I only bottom. heard you say that very phrase 10 times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because I got to keep on pounding it. Keep on pounding. Because what people want to do is they just want to work harder. And that's the ironic thing that keeps them from performing better. Mm. You know, find the technique, stick to the process, not the result. You know, I've heard you say that. I know Tim Heron says that. I know Steve Anderson says that. But it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true, but the problem is that people don't like. I'm sticking to the process. What's the process? I don't know. <laughs> What's the shot timer say? Yeah, you know, define the process, define the technique, be loyal to that, right? And then you keep the cougar away from messing up your performance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Me and the uh, cougar, we're good friends. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> bro, you saw me fight the cougar today, right? When I hit that yeah. second demo, and it was like, what was it, like a 126? Yep. When I was trying to do the median one, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Here we go. Messed up a couple of my draws, though, but took a mulligan, you know, on a couple of those to do it right. And yep. I, I reminded myself back of the process and... You know, and I think that's a teaching uh, moment for for students as well, or a learning moment, because I'm not perfect. Yeah. But how do I get myself back on track? Yep. Right when that cougar's right there saying, "Go faster, bro! You did a 126 and didn't even try. I think you can do a 30." <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Uh, so you got to keep him at bay. Uh, day two. Uh, everyone thinks my class is a go fast class. They're not wrong, <laughs> right? But there's two parts of it as well. So tomorrow we're going to be at 10 yards shooting a two inch square for 10 rounds, right? So you're going, everyone's going to learn more about their shooting in the next 30 rounds than they have in their last 300. You know what I mean? So the first time you do it, I'll tell you what I think you did with the way I do marksmanship. I draw a grid and I tell you why it's high, why it's low, why it's right, why it's left. And the second time the shooter tells me what they did. The third time as a window into my instructor class, the partner tells me what the shooter did, right? Because sometimes the best way to learn how to do something is try and teach it, mm-hmm. okay? So that's a, that's a window into um, my instructor class. Then to balance off accuracy mode, to use another Steve Anderson um, uh, term, right. we go directly into speed mode, which is the build drill, right? We, see, we use the same levels of modulation, 80-20, 90-10, 95-5. What are your sights doing? Are they rising, falling? Are you hammering it? Or are you hammering it with a sense of urgency to make those visual cues telling you when to shoot, yep. not some weird go-fast cadence that you just pulled out of the sky? That never works. Yep. Never works. Uh, then by then, we go to lunch, come back, then we do some shooting on the move, right? Mm-hmm. We go over, you know, uh, two different types of way, the crouch or just walking. I let people decide what they like. And then we go to shooting on the move, transitioning between two targets, right? The goal there is to see everything mm. and not fight recoil, but to use recoil to make yourself more efficient. Uh, then we do shooting on the move laterally. We go from a visual barrier, shooting three targets to our left, right? We talk about shooting right to left and left to right. Um, we I crush the misconceptions of one is better than the other, right? It's based on context. Um, then we do the most exciting part of the entire class where I warn everybody to take their heart medication because we're going to do strong hand and weak hand only shooting. The part that everybody loves. Mm. My goal is to make it less of a pain in the ass. Right. And I kind of, I kind of, uh, take away some of the, you know, conceptions that we have like strong hand, if you're right-handed, strong hand, right foot forward. Right. I'm like, "Mm." depending on your application, really, I don't think it's applicable to competition. Right. I don't think it's applicable to self-defense because you're not going to switch your feet if you switch hands. Right. And then you get back to Doug Kennick. I remember like 70 years ago, Doug Kennick, like that whole switching the feet stuff is dumb. Stop doing it. <laughs> and I went, oh, I don't like switching the feet either because it doesn't make, oh, but everyone else says this and I hate shooting strong mm. hand only. So I'm just going to do what they say. Right. Until I went to a Bill Blowers class and he said, hey, bro, you're not going to switch your feet. Don't. And then I had my epiphanies. And that's what I teach with mm. thumb positions to help recall uh, management from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to that, by the way. Yeah. It's a good time, bro. It's a, it, it's a good time. People really go, oh, I hate this stuff. And they go, oh, this isn't horrible. Mm. And it's applicable. It's applicable, man. If you watch, uh, whether you're watching um, police videos or active self-protection, plenty of one-handed engagements, right? right? Uh, you're moving your 95-pound 
uh, partner out of the way, right? You're protecting your wife. You got your kid in your hands, all that other stuff, right? It's, it's an important skill, right? And people hate doing it. That's the problem because the way we teach it is completely counter to the way the body works, completely counter. So let's get back to the way the body works, make it more comfortable, and then it's, it doesn't suck as much, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then finally, we set up the stress test for, I call it the stress test for people who think who still think competition will get you killed in the streets. <laughs> it's basically a USPSA hoser stage, mm-hmm. right? So for those of, that don't like competition, I call it a stress test. For my competitive folks, it's a stage, yeah. right? And I use USPSA scoring. I put it in practice score, yada, yada, yada. Um, I use my targets and we score it just like that. We do it twice. I have everybody shoot it, right? And then I shoot it last at about 60% of my ability. Mm-hmm. And then they all freak out because I move like a water buffalo and I usually beat everybody by two to three seconds with better mm-hmm. accuracy. Yeah. And then I show them how I did it, mm-hmm. right? And then they run it again. And then undoubtedly their times get better. Undoubtedly their times get better with doing less, right? People go like, oh, it's a hoser stage, no no shoots, the distances are, it's 10 yards and in, blah, blah, blah. For everyone that competes, sometimes hoser stage is the worst ones, mm-hmm. right? So everyone comes to the class, they're like, well, my goals are to find the dot on the draw and track it in recoil. Well, now you're going through a six paper, two steel target, right? Which if you do it well, it's a five second stage. Yeah. That's hard to track yeah. the dot if you don't do everything well. You yep. know what I mean? For your average Joe. And then I get people addicted to competition and they get better from there. Yeah. Um, then we do, you know, I get some feedback from everybody. I, if they, uh, I make everybody shoot my standards. Uh, I get some feedback. I give them a token of my appreciation that only students get. We part friends and <laughs> we go from there. Wow. All right. Well, I'm excited to have a, a little bit of a preview myself for tomorrow. And, uh, for those of you out there listening that are interested in uh, what Scott just covered for us, well, where do they find you? Yeah. Uh, just put in modernsamuraiproject.com. If you yeah. do that or Modern Samurai Project, you'll find me. I think there's only like one other dude going by that. He's like this ballet dancer in Japan <laughs> or something. I don't know. That might be me too. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, if you do that, it's Modern Samurai Project LLC on Facebook. It's Modern Samurai Project on Instagram and YouTube. Right. So if you want another um, like kind of preview to what I do, go to my uh, uh, website. Right. Or go to my YouTube channel. I also have a podcast. Right. Yep. Um, that where I ask the questions that I want to ask from people that. I think you're unique in a skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just about competition. It's not just about self-defense. It's, you know, it's about a wider uh, array of things all to make people better. Um, yeah. If you, yeah, modernsimeryproject.com will have the schedule. And then finally, um, if you're a host and you want to host me, right, in 2021 or after, uh, Beverly at Modern Samurai Project, she's just an email away. She coordinates all that. I don't mess with the schedule because I'll just screw it up. <laughs> so... And you're everywhere, man. I mean, you're all over the country. Yeah, man. Um, so chances are you're coming close, at least close to yep. where people are. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm everywhere, man. Um, if I'm not near you, you're not looking hard enough, right? And yep. if I really am not near you, because, you know, for example, Texas. I'm teaching so many cops in Texas, I haven't had time to set up an open enrollment. Man, if you want to set up an open enrollment, you know, reach out to me, reach out to Bev. We'll mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah. So. Nice. Awesome. You know, one last thing here, uh, and it actually is a, I just reminded myself of something I wanted to uh, ask you about earlier. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I just want to get your your ideas on this and listening to you teach and as you and how you describe the shooting process mm-hmm. and and you know shooting the way our bodies are are designed to to want to move, mm-hmm. building good form and structure uh, instead of like fighting that whole process, right? Uh, I'm in the middle of going through uh, Brian Enos's book right now. Yeah, man. Which is just like... Zowie. Yeah, and it's like Yoda speaking to me right. as I'm reading yeah. that book, right? It's like the book of 50 rings. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so one, something that you you talked about earlier kind of resonated with me as I'm, as I'm rem- rem- remembering some of what I'm reading in that book. Uh, and, and, you know, Brian Enos seems to be just really be about like, you know, observe what's going on see what's happening and when he talks about like recoil for instance yeah let it recoil yeah and 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 you know yep. see that recoil observe that uh, i'm kind of just thinking about a lot of my time behind a gun has been me like trying to like beat that thing into submission sure and it, it's really kind of i think my next phase for me and my uh in my development as a shooter is to stop trying to beat that thing into submission and just just shoot Right. Like what kind of, I mean, and also uh, observing me today, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like, I'd love to hear your feedback, uh, yeah. areas to improve, critique, that's kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, well, I won't critique you here, right? Because I think, I, I think you're, uh, you're a, I don't want to say I'm surprised, right? But I meet <laughs> a lot of personalities in this industry, mm-hmm. guys that I think they they are just going to be, you know, uh, JJ Rakaza in another form and they come up and shoot and it's just like, Oh, let me help you. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, you're a great shooter, man. And I find that to be amazing. We're gonna have to offline conversation about how you got there. Right. Um, the only critique I would have with you is just the cougar Yeah, and finding a better undershirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's been since Ohio, probably two or three years ago, and I think I was using a different shirt then. And we don't have humidity in Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and that's actually what I'm fighting probably more than anything is like everything is sticking. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working yeah. on, uh, you know, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't happen, but I'm working for a with a rash guard with Victos, mm-hmm. right? Oh cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so it's going to be for two things: a jujitsu and b concealed carry, right? Because mm-hmm. the thing about the um, with the rash guard is it stays tight to your body, right? If with a good appendix holder with a, you know, wedge on or something like that, it'll pin the thing down and it won't come up when you draw, especially if you do a claw grip, it mm-hmm. won't come up. Right. Um, but that's a kit thing, right? Yep. Uh, the biggest thing I think you need to just fight is the cougar. Right. Mm-hmm. But I can be intimidating. I know. Cause I'm saying funny jokes. I'm putting my hands on people to have them stop moving and stuff. And then I come up and it's just like, Oh, he's here. Right. <laughs> I get that. That's why I joke around so much in right. class to kind of alleviate that tension. Right. Mm-hmm. That I know I put on there with, with, with the standards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm going to think about it just a little bit, but I mean, it was great shooting today. I mean, it, it really, really, really was. Oh, thank uh, you. so when I get a good shooter like you, that's also an instructor, like for so tomorrow, unless I see some, uh, technique things that I can really lend. My focus with you tomorrow is to kind of get you into my modality of instruction, mm. right? So at the point, for example, you did the build drill today clean in 212, right? Which is amazing, right? It's amazing mm. under pressure, right? Um, how do I get you to three seconds on demand? Mm-hmm. 
Because that's tough. Right. That's tough to do, right? But if all you can do is blaze out, you know, 160, 180, two-second build drills, your students aren't going to see anything. Right. right? There's too much going on too quickly, too efficiently for them to see, see anything. So can you modulate with the cues that I give you to get closer to that three seconds so they can see it? Like I did it today, right? Yep. With the 80-20 draw. Uh, presentation, I have to over-exaggerate that mm -hmm. and shoot lower than my current level of skill so people can learn. Yep. Um, that's what I would like you to kind of hone in on tomorrow. Yeah. Still make the standards. You have every uh, skill needed to get to the black belt patch. Mm. It's just about it right now for you. It's just a mental game. Yeah. Right. Which is a skill in and of itself. I talk a little bit about the mental game tomorrow too. Yeah. To calm people awesome. down. Yeah. That, that mind state of no mind, that mugen, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, but everything else, everything technically looked great. It, it, it looked great. I, I, I wish I could give you more here, but I, I can't. Right. And <laughs> well, I was I looking, bro. It. I was looking, man. I was looking. Um, so yeah, so that's tomorrow. Did I that answer the question? I kind of went long yeah, there. No, a I appreciate bit. that, and uh, uh, I want to actually throw just a little praise your way. Oh, I appreciate that. You brought it back up about the whole, you know, modulating oneself mm -hmm. and the way you approach that as an instructor. I I've well, okay, so I'm familiar with the idea of intentionally demoing something at a more reasonable pace. Slower. So, so again, you can see what's going on, <laughs> yeah. and you're trying to explain, like, this is what's going on. Now you can see it. You can't see it when you're going, you know, 18 splits or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, but you actually having the class do that. Yes. As part of the process. Yep. Wow. That's powerful, brother. Yep. Like, like, for me, it was powerful. I'm just, the first time you you went through that with the draw, or, uh, I think it was the draw we, we did that first yep. on, yep. yeah, 80, yep. 20, and, and 90, yep. 10, and so forth. Um, I was like, hey, like, I mean, at first it's like, okay, so I'm going to try to go 80. Where is 80? Okay, I got to really think about that a second. Okay, 80. Okay, there's 20. Okay. You know, like, I had to really think about that. Yeah. But just working through that and also seeing why you do that. Mm-hmm. And I think I understand why you do that. That was really powerful for me, actually, yeah. to, so to, to watch. Where that where that applied even more when we're you know doing the thing at five or seven yards, mm -hmm. it's one thing, right? And I warned everybody: if you throw the eighty twenty or ninety ten out the window at twenty five yards, you may pull some mm -hmm. amazing things out your backside, mm -hmm. but you won't be consistent, right? Yeah. And maybe that's some that's the feedback I'll give you. You did one today that was amazing. You had no idea how you do it. Was bang! Oh my God, one sixteen. Right, high fives, right? right? And the very next one, you did 125 and missed. Yep. Right? Because yep. now we think we are impervious because we got lucky once. Mm -hmm. Right? So we abandoned. And I knew it too. I told you right away. I was yeah, like, oh yeah. I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. But then the cougar goes, bro, bro, you got lucky. Let's do that again. <laughs> right? right? Wham, left. Yep. And, you know, again, the funny joke I always say is a right-handed shooter missing left is really screed up because you had a pass by the target to get there, <laughs> right? So it would have been faster if right. you didn't do all that extra motion, yep. right? Yep, so uh, yeah, so being able to modulate that through, and the modulation is everything, right? Because at 5.7 doesn't really matter. At 25, it really matters, matters right? I just had a friend, uh, one of my further, uh, former Lumbus gave me a call. He was in his first OIS, five rounds at 45 yards, mm. all hits. Good and he just said, bang, rise, fall, bang, rise, fall, bang, rise, fall. Good for him. Yep. So it was like a video game, man. Mm. You know? And I was like. I love hearing that. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. So, mm. yep. Yep. Um, so it works. You, and I know you, it works. 
having us, uh, you'd have us follow through that process and experiment. And even when we were making some little changes with stance or mm-hmm. grip or whatever, too, same, same sort of approach. You're like, do this, right? What did you see? How'd that go? Better, worse, you know, that kind of thing. And, and uh, rather than some of the approach I've seen is, oh, you do it like that. Well, here's something to think about. And you might consider experimenting with that, but you actually just kind of had the whole class do it along with you. Yep. Yep. I mean, for instance, a, a good example, that would be uh, for the isosceles stand, uh, mm-hmm. stance shooters, right? They're square up to the target and you're like, okay, now you're going to try stepping left foot forward or whatever, yep. your non-dominant foot. Yep. Uh, if you were already doing that before you showed up today, step a little further. Just to see what happens. I haven't experimented with something like that, except for like in some weird shooting position in a match. I haven't like intentionally- That was the first time you saw it. Yeah, right? at that time you're like, oh, that went well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the weirdest thing, though, the weirdest thing for me, and I'm going to have to spend some time doing some dry reps yep. and figuring this out a little bit more, was when I brought that just a little bit further back. Yeah, because I'd ar- I felt like I'd already played with this, sure, and found the sweet spot. Yeah, but I came back another tick, as you say. Yep, and. The, it, it tracked a lot better. Yeah. So I was like, oh, snap. I got to go back to the drawing board. Right. And the interesting thing now, here's the thing. It may be in combination with something else. Sure. Right. You took that f- step out further. And did you go back exactly to where you were before? Or sure. since we took the novelty of you stepping out further and brought it back, did you go all the way back? Sure. Or were That's you halfway? Fair. Right. Yep. And then between that and your elbows and was that the combination between the two that generated that. I don't know, but without experimentation. That's why I got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> exactly. Right? Or, you know, I mean, just yep. the experimentation board, you yep. know. Because, uh, again, right. man, we talked about this before. It's a way, not the way. How can yep. you find your perfection? We are not the same body type, you know. We had another guy in the class, man. He was what, like 5'4"? Yeah. 140? Little, little guy, right? But yep. when he got that perfect, man, that STI was not moving. Oh, yeah. Right? It was so fun every, to watch, yeah, actually. Yeah, it was. And everybody had a little... Like a sewing machine. Yeah. Everybody had a li- has a little bit different uh, uh, physiology, and but the general concept's the same. The experimentation modes within those concepts can vary. We go through them all. Mm-hmm. We go through them all to find yeah. out our level of perfection. So Yeah. That was great, and you're a fantastic instructor. Oh, I appreciate that, I'm glad that, to finally... Man you know, make one of your classes. I, I've kind of looked at your calendar here and there, and it's always that scheduling thing and, yeah. and location and all that and making it, making the, the stars align. Yep. So I yep. uh, look forward to day two tomorrow. Folks, yeah, man. again, uh, modernsamuraiproject.com, Modern Samurai Project YouTube channel, podcast on there. You got great content, man. Oh, um, I appreciate I've that. i consumed, I think, every one of your videos. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, one other thing, I want to give you a bit mm-hmm. of praise, right? Uh, I get interviewed by a lot of people. Right. All great people, um, podcasts and stuff like that. You know, I meet a lot of um, what you call them Internet personalities. Right. As it is, because none of us have a network TV show. So we're all Internet personalities. Right. Um, Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. Sometimes I'm very disappointed. But brother, you can shoot, man. You can shoot, right? So everybody that's, you know, on the uh, listening to you on the podcast and reading the stuff on the website and everything like that, my man knows what he's talking about because he can shoot at a very, very high level. All he has to start doing now is start mess- stop messing around in B-class. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> there enough. you go. Thank you, Scott, for yeah, doing man. the podcast and for teaching the class. Yep. And uh, guys, till next time, and maybe down the road we'll have you on again. And Perfect. Love uh, to. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Good deal. Thank, Thank you, sir. Scott. Appreciate it, man.